Welcome to Kahl on Air, podcast of the German machine manufacturer Amandus Kahl. Due to our comprehensive know-how regarding the processing and pelleting of various products, we would like to give you an insight into our technical innovations all over the world. We discuss trends and developments on the worldwide pelleting market. Let's get started and listen to what our experts have to tell us. The use of grasses, alfalfa and straws and other long fiber materials for animal feeding, especially ruminants, is a very important animal nutritional issue. Rising raw material prices are bringing these materials back into focus and the question arises how they can best be processed. Long fiber pelleting has always been the strength of Amandus Karl for the production of pellets for animal feeding and recently also more and more for energy pellets for combustion. Especially in animal nutrition, there are important things to consider in order to achieve maximum benefit. Today, I would like to talk about this interesting application with my colleague, Dennis Werner. My name is Olaf Nerik, and I'm responsible for the Asia-Pacific business at Amandus Karl. And now I'm looking forward to talking to Dennis. Thanks, Olaf. From my side as well, a very warm welcome to our new and fellow listeners. My name is Dennis Werner, and I'm a sales director at Amandus Karl. Together with Olaf, if you sum up, we have more than 50 years experience in this industry, so we can ensure you that long fiber pelleting is nothing new to us. We are just witnessing its rebirth somehow. And thanks to the rocket high grain prices, everybody, really everybody is looking for alternatives. Alternatives that are not only cheaper, but also of a good nutritional composition, healthy and well taken by the animals. And not to be forgotten, local sourced if possible. Yes, I can only confirm that. We have had a lot of inquiries lately. And, as I'm sure most of you know, the flat die pellet mill from Karl plus our entire long fiber technology are really very well suited for this. Yes, without any doubt. Whenever it comes to fibrous material, the Karl flat die pellet mill plays out its advantages at its best. Through all kinds of material, like grass, alfalfa, straw, cereal husks, sugar cane or sugar beet pulp. Just to mention a few of them among some hard-to-believe ones. As um, if I remember correctly, you have even made pellets out of oil palm fronds in Malaysia to be targeted to Japan. Ah, yes, that's right. Oil palm fronds also have a very interesting um, you know, aspect here and also very interesting from the animal nutrition point. Um, Dennis, what is actually important for animal nutrition when using these raw materials? I mean, simply speaking, most important is that the animal likes to feed and take it in. It's a little bit like you cannot run a successful restaurant if your customers reject the food. So, but obviously animals have a certain need for a balanced feed that shall provide a good mix of protein, starch, minerals, vitamins, etc. But it's not only the composition that matters, also the structure of the feed plays a certain role. So, and a long fiber is a preferred choice by the animals, which means keeping the fiber long in the pellets is a big plus. And this has to do with the digestion of the ruminants? Yes, that's right. And we all know that ruminants as cattle, sheep, lamb and others working in the way of chewing again their feet. So in any ruminant diet, fiber is necessary to maintain the rumen function. Fiber 
has a physical effect in the rumen and stimulates rumination and chewing by triggering this effect. So forage-based rations, which generally have sufficient structural fiber, are easy to achieve this. Okay, and how do I achieve that? In general, keeping the, the thing the most natural way that we are aware of, which means the easiest way to feed it would be to feed the ruminants with fiber, like simply feeding them with grass on the field or chopped grass on the farm. Mm, that's how I know it from the farms in our area, but that is not possible everywhere. That's right. Unfortunately, in many cases, the logistics and transportation do not allow to work like this. And also, the need for cereal-based diets with higher energy inputs require identification. The solution for the problem is, is clear and it's well settled. It's just to use pellets, as pellets has a higher bulk density and so the solution to overcome logistic problems and also to increase the energy density in the feed. But this comes at a certain price, which means that many times the fiber is missing and the missing of fiber suppresses the triggering effect of the rumination process. And now it comes down to making these pellets correctly? Yes. From the nutritional perspective, to keep a longer fiber intact inside the pellets is and must be the target. Yes, that's right. It should be as long as possible. But that also makes processing more difficult, or? Yes, actually, yes, but not if you can provide the right technology to do so. So, And we do have the right technology for this purpose, which is a flat by palleting press and, of course, the suitable process flow. Yes, you have to look at it holistically. I have often seen that other plant manufacturers finally grind the fibers immediately and are able to handle them in their plant and not to block parts of the plant because of the fine grinding. Yes, that's, that's a common problem. And this to do like this, it's extremely bad from a nutritional perspective. But of course, it's not the way that they are acting out of evil intent. They are just limited by the limited design they have. So the very popular ring dye palleting technology known from the feed industry is designed for cereal meal, or let's say to shape dust into pellets. If they work with fiber instead of grain mixes, they have to pulverize the fiber to be able to shape a pellet later on. And in a flat dye pelleting press, it's not necessary to pulverize the material, so we can keep a long fiber in the pellets. So, okay. But in the first step, it depends on how the material is delivered to the plant, as bales or loose, for example. Absolutely right. At first step, we would need to bring the material in a continuous way. So if we start with bales, we will need a bale breaker to open the bales. And here you also have to remember that not every bale breaker is really suitable. In the pellet factory, considerably more bales are processed than in the farm. So for us, shredders from industrial applications have proven themselves very well here. They achieve a very good pre-shredding, and in the downstream hammer mill, the fibers are then only more or less homogenized. Yeah, I could not agree more. And contrary to grass pelleting plants, where the grass comes in loose from the fields into the plant, typically the loose grass will be dried first and later on goes online and straight without additional energy-intense grinding into the pelleting press. Yeah, and this has always been a very strong competitive advantage of Karl. Direct pelleting without grinding, as in the case of grasses. Yes, and I think this is the key to the process. Nobody really wants to have a hammer mill in this plant. 
a hammer is always a headache, meaning you have an additional investment, additional wear, noise, dust, explosion risk, and a waste of energy. And all just to please the deficient design of a ring die piloting process? I mean, that's a lose-lose scenario. Also, if you consider that later on you receive a less value pellet from an additional perspective. So I would rather prefer a win-win scenario and have a process that saves the extra effort of energy and also receives an extra quality on the pellets later on. Okay, that works, of course, with the Carl Flat die pellet mill. Dennis, what about drying? Well, usually straw, for example, comes in dry already, but if grass, in most cases, depending on your climatic conditions, but in most cases, grass must be dried first. And for example, sugar beet pulp is always dried prior to the pelleting process. Yeah, so for sugar already in the sugar factory directly. So there are many variations. Yes, but despite of sugar beet pulp, most materials have another property that needs to be taken into consideration. Uh, you want to look at the bike density and the associated large volume that needs to be handled? Yes, the, the long fiber typically has a higher volume than a cereal mix, and larger volumes tends to challenge the transportation in the plant. I once learned, once in the flow and then don't stop. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It looks like you clearly have made your homework. But you're absolutely right. So before the pelleting, we tend to keep the material moving by use of a customized raw material bins. Yes, you're right. The material movement is important here. And this bin, we call it a bin with agitator. And these are available in different sizes and designs, depending on the application. For example, for buffering, long-term conditioning, hygienization. They keep the material moving continuously and thus ensure a good and uniform discharge. And that is important for long fiber. Yes, important and approved successfully for decades in industrial use worldwide. Okay, Dennis, let's move on to the pellet mill. What distinguishes the Carl flat die pellet mill? Well, the Carl flat die pellet mill have large, larger chamber for large volumes. Additionally, we have shearing forces. What's the clue about the shearing forces? The shearing forces turning the material, and that means that they screw in the long fibers into the tiny holes of the dies. Also free-fall feeding of heavy flow materials. Yes, well, these are a few important points already. You can see all this in detail in our brochures. And we have already talked about this in detail in our other podcasts, for example, about wood pelleting. Yes, but it's somehow it's a similar situation. If you look into back to the deeply into the ground, I mean, wood and long fiber feet are both fibrous of high volume with difficult flowing properties. So they're not so different, uh, which we have already learned that the flat die pelleting presses are extremely positive towards this kind of material because they can handle it in an easy way. I mean, just the nutritional value of wood maybe is not everybody's taste. Well, but coming back to our heading topic about long fiber, I think it's also an option to mix long fiber with feed components and make like a fiber cereal mix pellets. Yes, it works very well. And we have been doing it for decades. Recently, for example, we have done it in many feed mills in the Middle East. And Olaf, that's working out well? Yes, Dennis. The key here is to bring the two material streams together and mix them in the right proportions as desired. Wow, interesting. Maybe you can share a deeper inside view with our listeners? 
Oh, this is quite simple. First, there's a classic feed mill plant with reception, grinding, mixing, dosing for maize, soy meal, grains, ETC. Then there's a separate line for the long fiber component. For example, with the bale breaker, the hammer mill for homogenization of the fiber length. And these fibers are then transported by a pneumatic conveying system. So to be blended or mixed with other components? Yes. The soy maize grain mixture has already been mixed and ground and is stored in the cell before pelleting. The long fiber material now comes out of the pneumatic conveying system. And this mass flow is weight. So this weighing signal is now the reference for the proportional addition of the soy maize grain mixture, which is discharged accordingly from the pre-cell. Both material streams go into a continuous mixer and are continuously mixed. Here, conditioning is also carried out with steam and water. And then goes straight to the pellet mill? Yes, that's right. And then into the cooler. That, of course, sounds pretty simple now. But you have to look at the mixture with a long fiber and a grain mix before pelleting. You only see long fibers. They dominate the recipe and the process. But then, Olaf, what is about um, addition of liquids? I know that many customers and prospective customers want to add molasses on their long fiber recipes, but usually long fiber does not have the capability to absorb liquids fast and easy. Yeah, also there's a solution. This is where our bin with agitator comes into play again. The molasses is added in the continuous mixer and then the material goes into the bin with agitator. A rule of thumb is approximately one minute dwell time for 1% of molasses addition. Wow, that is quite charming. Yes, and we have realized all this so many times. Also, some customers uh, do a, like a hydrolyzation to break up the cellulose and hemicellulose fiber to get the animals an easier access to the inner components of the fiber. The process called hydrolyzation by use of adding caustic soda or sodium hydroxide solutions to improve the fiber digestibility. Do you know how this is realized in practice? Yes, this works in the same way to the addition of molasses. The caustic soda solution is added in a continuous mixer and then it goes into the bin with agitator for a certain dwell time. However, the use of stainless steel for corrosion protection is also important here. And this can be also done with urea instead of caustic soda, but it takes longer. Well, thanks for sharing this insight. I think we have spoke widely about long fiber and its compelling applications, but how do you see the market about what's about husks, hulls from cereals or oil seeds, like rice casks, sunflower seed, oat shells? You can share any experience on this? Yes, of course. Um, normally, these materials can be pelletized directly with the car flat die pellet mill, even without any further steps, like grinding. Well, that is fascinating. Yes, that's right. When it comes to fibrous materials, Amandos Carl really has a lot to offer. And for all the topics we have addressed today, we can always offer our customers and interested parties tailor-made and extremely economical solutions. We really have a wealth of experience here. Dennis, we are now slowly coming to the end. Please summarize briefly. Well, thanks, Olaf. Well, summing up, I think the... The market currently, with its rocket-high cereal prices, presents us somehow sour lemons. So if you want to make out sweet lemonade out of it, just go for it. But how? 
I think just think about what might be locally sourced components that are available in your region. And we are keen that we can transform them with a minimum amount of energy into highly valuable pellets without damaging its nutritive nature. I think nutrition and technology always go hand in hand and we can reach out the hand holding the right technology. Okay, Dennis, thank you for your short summary. And that brings us to the end of today's podcast. If you have any questions about pelleting long fiber, just ask us. We hope you enjoyed it and thank you for listening. Thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. This was an episode of Call on Air. For more information about our technical knowledge, please visit us on our website, acal.com, YouTube, or on LinkedIn.